When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to LEGO Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to LEGO Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only LEGO Masters podcast. Uh, another long Sunday episode, two builds, and a cheeky little elimination to finish it off. Michael and Zoe are both here. Guys, what did we think of the episode? I think it was a really interesting episode, and it was a nice change up from, from I think what we've seen previous weeks in terms of there's something to actually build for. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I felt like there was a lot going on. I'm obviously devastated with the outcome, but I'll live. We'll dive into all the specifics, but we had a couple of interesting things going on where we had another technical challenge that was super vague on criteria. That was fun. (laughs) And then we had a normal build challenge that turned into a not really normal challenge when they started to try and like sow some seeds of misinformation, Mm. which is kind of new for the show as far as we know. So yeah, definitely a lot of spanners in the air in this one. That's not a saying, is it? A lot of... Slotted balls in the air. What's the saying that I'm trying to <laughs> say? It falls Spen- everywhere, Parente. That's <laughs> a, a lot of balls this episode. Throwing a spanner in the works? Spanner in the works. Why Spanners is it in the in air? The works. I don't know. Because of the high wire. Because of the high wire. Let's pretend that was in Throwing Lego in the air. <laughs> yes, so two-parter, like you mentioned. Part one is the high wire. So teams have to build something that gets across 10 metres of wire without any parts falling off, and it has to have a reason to travel. I appreciated that up front they said this is based on who makes it the furthest and then aesthetics. So tick in my books, as Brickman would say, for like a clear criteria, I think, compared to some previous challenges. So I was happy. So... Are we take, we're taking that to mean that it, like the number one thing is distance. So if mm-hmm. like, there were like two builds and one made it slightly further than the other but looked trash, it would still win. Correct. I think okay. it was all about how it travelled. I'm surprised that teams didn't only focus on that then and like design it last, although maybe they all assumed that making the distance wouldn't be too difficult. Yeah, I think they might have because in the studio that wire didn't look too bad, but when they actually showed us what 10 metres was, I was like... That is so far. And also the ratio of tension changed a lot, especially with some of the heavier builds. When they were out in Sydney Harbour doing the actual thing, the wire was dipping so much more, which is a lot more Mm. difficult to roll along than the shorter test one. So they really should have adjusted the tension on the wire to keep it even. That would have been hard to test for as well. But enough of me talking. Michael, you've actually been on the show. (laughs) What was your read of the challenge? Uh, I would tend to agree, based on the fact there's no Hamish Blake bonus point on this challenge. It's you've got, you've got to get across first, so like that's the main priority for me, for me in this challenge. And I think Dan and Kirsty were the first team that went. Do you know what? Let's build something that actually goes on a wire, a mm. cable car. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and then built a story around that rather than coming up with a cool and funky mechanisms. And there certainly were some very cool and funky mechanisms, which looked amazing. Um, however, didn't end up working. And I think your 100 and 
10% correct, Parente, when you said the tension on the wire, because I think that may have um, played havoc on quite a few teams. Yeah, that's such a good point because I feel like some of the teams, Alex and Caleb in particular, were really caught by that wire dipping because theirs seemed to be going quite smoothly and then it kind of got stuck in the middle and it it's like it had dipped down too much. Yeah, and I think Nick and Jean ended up doing the same thing because their thing was so off balance, the wire was sort of bouncing up and down and I think mm. the mechanism slipped off the track. But I think if we, if we think back a few episodes and you look at the shaking plate with the bridge, you look at what won that and it was not pretty but it did the job. So <laughs> I'm surprised teams didn't, you know, take that lesson learned from that challenge and just go, well, let's make it as simple as possible and let's get this thing across. Yeah, that's so true. And Nick and Jean really seemed like they were doing it in hard mode where instead of hanging from the wire like everyone else, they were like, oh, no, we're going to balance it. Obviously, they probably didn't know they would be outdoors when they made that decision, but surely you still want to make it as certain as possible. And I feel like going for a balancing build is just like a thousand times harder off the top <laughs> of it. Like it's just seems like a crazy decision when aesthetics are such a small part of the of the judgment. 100%. It's like they went full X game modes and just went, let's make this nigh on, you know, all or nothing. And to, yeah. to their credit, mad respect, the thing looks sick. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. the wind and the, the tension in the wire just it wasn't their day. It wasn't their challenge. But it was Kirsty and Daniel's challenge. <laughs> Seamless. Guys, I was actually so happy with this because they've had a tough couple of builds and I just was ecstatic when Daniel was like, let's just think logically, let's just do simple but effective and they nailed it. Like the cable car is obviously what works with the mechanism. It makes sense. And then the fact that they had the slots in there added this cute story. It also added to like, how slow it was going across the cable. <laughs> I was just like so happy for them. Because speed wasn't a factor at all. Like number one was distance, number two was aesthetics. There was no speed in there. So like if mm. slower made the mechanism more reliable, more torque or whatever, I'm, I don't know, then smart decision, guys. Yeah, I don't know why the mechanism's talking. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I think with, with those Lego motors, the simpler the mechanism, the better. Essentially, like when it's really overcooked and overcomplicated, the consistency of the way it works, and I'm by no means an expert, but from what I've seen from other people and what I've heard is the way the mechanisms work, the simple, the more simple it is, the, the better it goes and the longer it goes for. We did kind of see that with Henry and Joss as well, which looked amazing. I really, really liked the builds, but then there something happened with their mechanism where it stopped working halfway through, and I guess that's an example of what exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and I think one, one little tidbit that I've learned from both Dave and Gus, for the, the winners of season three, where they would literally leave their mechanisms on for 30, 30 minutes to an hour at a time to make sure oh, wow. it was seamless. Genius. That's a good tip. We love when we have sneaky little tips for anyone who wants to be a contestant on the show. So if you're listening and you want to be on the show, leave your mechanisms on for 30 to 60 minutes. Write that down. I do just want to give a special shout out purely to some of the aesthetic builds because I was just so impressed. Alex and Caleb, oh, I just love this idea and I feel like it was so cute. Like they were one of the only ones to actually use the wire as part of their story and I was just so impressed. Love this for them. My question, though, is they had this, like, string around the middle of the cat that was holding the money bag. 
that's not Lego. <laughs> Michael, what's that about? That is Lego. Is it? But it's a string. It's not a block. Yeah, I've, I've got strings sitting right in front of me. It's a, um, it's just a, it's a piece, it's a piece of string with two studs on either end. Oh. So you can clip it onto stuff, yeah. Okay, there you go. Hot tip. The other one I really loved, which we mentioned before, was Henry and Joss. Oh, just beautiful. And that tail, I I don't even know how they did it. I don't want to know. I just loved, loved every inch of it. Let's move on to part two of the episode, which was our main build. It was secret city slash half-built cities where the teams had to build like an interesting other side to the city where there was like a secret hidden from the minifigs. Really fun idea. I liked this theme. What did you guys think? Quick question for you both. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the actual build component felt really vague in terms of what they had to do? Yes. I mean, they said, yes. <laughs> they said secret city, but I was like, what does that mean? Like, what are, you, what are we building? I had a lot of questions. Um, and as I was watching it, I was just thinking there's no way I would be able to participate in this challenge because I would just keep asking Brickman questions and he would be like, I can't tell you, just go build something. And I'd be like, no, but I don't understand the direction. I didn't really get like how tied into the existing city it had to be because some of them were completely different sort of. Um, I didn't really understand like which way the secret should face and like I didn't understand where they had to stand to look at the build because some of them, some of the secrets that they built blocked the whole other city if you stood in front of it. I just, I enjoyed watching it but I was like, I'm so glad I'm not in this challenge. I think the best clue we got was during the judging. I think it was Brickman said something about how there's a set of minifigs that don't know what's going on with the secret and that the audience, Mm -hmm. us humans do. That was like the closest thing we got. But even that feels Mm. super vague still. Because some of the teams really tied in their secret to the existing city. Like Henry and Joss, for example, had the candy shop and the dentist and they used those two things as like, the main fuel for their story. But then other teams like Lexi and Rage, for example, didn't fully use like what was already there. Like their their main building was the toy store and they didn't use like a toy mm. element, which is fine. I was just wasn't sure how connected they had to be in that sense. What would the onset experience of this be like, Michael, as if you had to guess? Like would people just be asking questions nonstop trying to get an, <laughs> an answer? Yeah, I, I think, again, this is me completely guessing. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But if, if I was in that situation, I would just be, I think Zoe asked all of the questions I would be asking. Like <laughs> sure, yeah. which angle are we looking at this from? Do we need to build on the other side? And I think there's really only one or two teams that built on the existing mm. side. Um, which really tied in the whole story. But I, th- I don't know, I just felt really ambiguous as, as to what they were building. So I think it's a, like it feels specific because it's in a street and a cityscape, but the whole challenge felt really challenging from an ambiguity point of view. And then we add in Kirsty and Daniel's advantage. Well, they kind of got two. The first was that they could select each block for each person I'm not going to go into why that should have been the people who own the titanium brick. Let's skip past that. (laughs) The second part of their advantage (laughs) was that they got told first that there was a base plate underneath the table as well and so they could build on top and bottom. I feel like obviously they had to tell everyone (laughs) 
like a little bit of a moral dilemma, but I feel like anyone on that show would because everyone's friends with each other and it's a very friendly show. Yeah, no, yeah, I definitely would have. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) But even if you tried to hide it, Michael, like surely pretty quickly the other teams would see you building it. Am I a bit of a jerk in in saying that I probably would have tried to build all my main stuff that I knew was going above ground (laughs) before I told people just to make sure I wasn't going. Like I would have given them enough time to. Yeah. Do the under- Am I a jerk for, for thinking that? Like, it's an advantage. I think you're a strategic thinker who's been through the trenches and has learned the lessons the hard yeah. way. Yeah. So I'm a jerk is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. On that note, though, what I was confused about is in the edit, it seemed like they told everyone as soon as they found out. But then when Hamish yeah. like, stopped time to tell everyone, he was like, they got told at the beginning and they were kind enough to only wait two hours before telling you guys. So... That was confusing. Yeah, I did notice that as well. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> Guys, it's my new conspiracy. <laughs> no, conspiracy. <laughs> Let's talk about Kirsty and Daniel's build. So they had the cafe and they ended up doing these like aliens that have been living underground and have come up because there's a big street carnival and they can kind of blend in. Oh, my God, it was amazing. That balloon thing and the whole parade. I was really impressed with this. Yeah, it was super clever and it was super clever the way they did the big monkey mm. float um, to hide any possible way you would see it actually floating. Yeah. Um, so I think they, they really played their camera angles super well, super bright colours, really clever story. The aliens were super cute. So I, I'm going to hazard a guess and say Kirsty built those. Um, sorry, Dan, but <laughs> that's, that's where my money would be. But, yeah, I thought – Super simple, cool story. Let's go to Nick and Jean who had the graffiti wall slash basketball court and they were safe going into this because they had half a titanium brick and they ended up doing the thieving magpie with sort of lots of little vignettes of things around the city being stolen and then a really incapable police department (laughs) trying to investigate. I thought this was fun. This was like really unique. Yeah. Do do you both think, and this is a question, out of all the builds, do you think this is the build that you would like to see in person based on all of the little things that were happening around it? Um, That's such a hard question to answer because as we've talked about a lot on the show, what you see on TV is such a different experience to seeing a build in person. And so like maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think my thinking here is there were so many hidden doors and things that they, they added mm. in and they seem to be in a, a little bit of a um, like a groove of adding cool and funky stuff to their builds to try and set it apart. And yeah. I had the titanium bricks and I can take the risk. But yeah. I felt like there was a lot of really cool details in there that probably got skipped over. Um, but it was really cool that we got to see at least some of them. Yeah, I definitely think that is the build I would spend the longest time at. If I was in the room with all of them, I would probably have my eyes on that for the longest. Also, shout-outs to the little bird model they had for the bird. We only saw it briefly in the in the cut, but it looked really, really cool. It looked like it was very fancy. Let's go to Henry and Joss, who were also safe this build, and they had the dentist and the lolly shop, and they sort of had two stories going on. They had the plaque busters and they had this candy monster and they were kind of like fighting and chasing each other with the candy monster underneath with the hand coming up through the chocolate shop. That was cool. Yeah, this this build gave me big original Ghostbuster movie vibes. Yeah. But there was a lot of cool elements to it. I think they probably 
were for me the team that tied in the theme the the best in terms of what yeah. they had a, a, across the street. But again, it, it felt a little bit ambiguous as to whether as to whether they had to. But there's a lot of really cool things, like the you know the squeezed toothpaste on the top of the car. Oh, I so have, cool. I've never seen that done before, let alone under the pressure of Brickman and Hamish, you know, on your on your towel the whole time. And then the you know even the the Cookie Monster under the plaque monster underneath it looked looked pretty good as well. Yeah, this was definitely one of my favorites. I reckon one of my top two and. Shout-outs to the Plaquemobile they had. Just the car overall, like the 2000 top was great, but the car itself was like a cool old-school car that I thought was really cool. Did I say cool enough times in that sentence? <laughs> Let's go to Lexi and Rach, who had the toy store and the bakery, and they ended up doing this hangry statue, like stealing stuff from around the city. Yeah, I actually think this was probably Lexi's best character. Mm. for the season so far. My question is, what do you both think about Brickman's love for colour and then tying that back into building big white? Mm. It has happened a few times this season where people have built big white figures. I remember the first episode. Yeah. had one. And they've gone down pretty well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd love to see a little bit more colour, I think, in those in those sort of models. And... I think Lexi especially loves colour, so mm-hmm. hopefully we see a little bit more of that um, in the future. I do agree, though. I do think the model overall was uh, was really, really good, but I feel like that was kind of the main thing going for it and spending so much time making sure it was good, like Brickman recommended, maybe took away enough time to, to build them at the rest of the build as well as the model. Yeah, just, an, just a thought that's come to me now and it's, it's an interesting one, to say the least. Um, Hamish alluded to their build looking like the statue sitting on a toilet while <laughs> eating something suspiciously looking like mm-hmm. something it shouldn't be eating. Do you think they could have potentially just lent into it where the statue was oh, yeah. using that as a toilet and then was just like... Oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> dropping it straight into the sewage system and, and all the people down low are like, where the hell is this coming from? <laughs> that would have been so good. <laughs> poop jokes are always funny. I mean, I guess it would have been a pretty efficient solution. Mm-hmm. Well, it would have been a perfect secret city because it would have been secret on top and then down below the sewage, people cleaning yeah. out the sewage system would have yeah, been like, what true. the fuck? <laughs> Let's go to Alex and Caleb, who got their first win. Very exciting. I feel like these guys definitely deserved it with their evil coffee shop funneling this, like, toxic coffee into the cafe. Loved every inch. Yeah, I feel like they were probably the team that best incorporated the other side of their build. Mm. And by that I mean actually, like, added to the other side of the build. Um, I'm not sure. I just didn't feel like maybe it just wasn't shown on camera but I don't feel like the other teams did that. And, I mean, they always had a theme running through the whole story, really super simple idea, um, done well, and it was quite big as well. So I think, yeah, deserved winners. Probably, yeah, one of my top two for, for the for the episode. I feel like we've seen these guys floating around the surface a couple of times before, floating near the top, and it was so good to see them Get number one. I also loved it. And the theme felt like really fun in like a really classic Lego way. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually true or accurate, but that was the vibe I was getting from it. Like kind of like really pulpy and it really like winking at the camera in a fun way. Yeah, I was a big fan of the build. A couple of little details that I loved on theirs 
was the sign on the building that said office in quotation marks. Very (laughs) funny, like such a simple joke. Love that. And also the use of, I think they were like white croissants that they made to be like the smoke coming out of or the steam coming out of the coffee cup on the coffee shop sign. Lots of cool little cool little uses in there. Yeah, I, I wonder if they were already, those white croissants may have already been there. Oh, were they? Yeah. Oh, they probably would have been. Oh, well, I still liked it. So well, well done to the Brickman team. Well Good done. <laughs> yeah, I quite like the uh, coffee equals death sign yeah. at the top. Yeah, I think you're right. It was just super simple, like corny jokes. Again, done well. Parente special. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, man. Lastly, we have Trent and Paul, our eliminated team. I'm very sad because you guys know I've been rooting for them and I've been wanting them on our screen and then whenever we get them, it's because something's going wrong. It makes me sad. But I still really loved their idea. Like it was so Trent and Paul. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think it, I think they sort of fell victim to the this the twist, really, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Because they built this really cool building on top and they had put so much cool detail into it. And then when they wanted to do it as a cutaway model, they realised, well, hang on a second, it doesn't quite fit in terms of marrying up. But if I'm being completely honest, I think they should have just done it. I mean, if that's what they get kicked off on is an elevator not lining up, I would be, I'd be a bit, bit cheesed. Mm, yeah, that's such a good point, actually. I was thinking that as well because I feel like a lot of the other builds didn't have necessarily like an exactly one-to-one scale top and bottom. Like it felt like there was a bit of like abstractness with how it all lined up. That's just how it seemed on camera. So I was surprised when they were so worried about the elevator thing. Uh, but who knows what happened that we didn't see. That said, though, still a lot of fun stuff in there. I love the little guy painting the Pac-Man ghosts under under the ground. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very sad to see them go. They obviously brought a lot to the show, and we could see at the end there just how devastated everyone else was. But I feel like evil seniors making games that kids become addicted to is like a pretty funny build to go out on. <laughs> it's a nice legacy. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I loved all of their ideas. I actually don't think there was one that I didn't like and mm. I think it's going to be a real it's a real shame to see them go. I would have loved to see what they they would have done, but you know, maybe the benefit of not having as many eliminations is we get to see more of that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, definitely sad to see them go. Thank you for gracing us with your time. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
So next episode, it looks like we have some kind of building inside of a box shape. I think it sounded like the challenge was maybe called Showcase the Future and they sort of had this cool like art gallery style viewing. Very interested to see what this is all about. And also we heard that if you win the titanium brick in this next build, you're automatically in the finals. So I guess there's only one more elimination then between now and the finals. So does that mean the finals will be, finals week will be four teams? The, the grand final will be four teams or they'll just start calling it finals week and then we'll get one more elimination and have three teams like normal? I was a bit confused. Yeah, I feel permanently confused. <laughs> um, my my guess would be, we allowed, are we allowed to speculate? Yeah. We can speculate. I mean, we know nothing more than anyone else does. <laughs> yeah. I think I think what would make sense to me is the next build to be an advantage mm-hmm. and then the build after that to be an elimination to go from five down to four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for that team that wins that elimination, we'll get the titanium brick. Wait, no. No, that's not right. <laughs> the the advantage will be the titanium brick and then with the five down to four, someone will be guaranteed a spot in finals mm, week. Okay. That's, that would make sense to me. Yeah, sure. And then finals week will be maybe three more Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and one of the f- first two will be an elimination and then the last episode will be the finale, as we're used to it, 20-hour 20, 20 builds, three teams. I think the last week we'll only have two episodes. I think oh, that's yeah, what okay. happened last year. So it would maybe be Sunday is a final elimination and then Monday night is the big build between three teams. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. I mean, that that would that would match up to the previous season. I'm keen to see if the final build is still just do whatever you want or if there's going to be some kind of parameters or a theme or something. Now, I know we're only four seasons in, but I'm somewhat of a traditionalist, <laughs> I think. I hope it's I hope it's build whatever you want. I do love that. I love seeing everyone's creativity and, like, what they come up with with no boundaries. And I feel like it's nice to give them something that they can mentally, like, prepare for throughout the season because they, they know what it's going to be. It's the only build that they have guaranteed if they make it. So it's kind of fun to see, okay, what has the last month of mental preparation led to? But I also don't trust them. I don't because do there's been some weird changes this season. There's been a lot of a lot of shaking things up. <laughs> so I don't trust. Who hurt you, Zoe? <laughs> uh, the judging criteria of this season. <laughs> Not the even lack the judge. Of <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast only if you want to subscribe to the podcast. Like that's up to you. But we'll have more episodes like this for the rest of the season, an episode of the podcast for every episode of the TV show. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at legomasters underscore deconstructed and on Twitter at LMD the pod. Tweet at us, message us. How's the inbox looking, Zoe? Um, I haven't actually checked it today, so I'm really sorry if you're waiting for a reply from us. I will get back to you by the time this episode is out. But I would love to hear some more thoughts from people. Yes. Our Twitter inbox has a grand total of one message. Ooh. And that was from May last year when they asked <laughs> us if we wanted to be on the show and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they messages on Twitter as well? When like- it's because the guy who runs the Twitter account is really good at it, I've heard. Oh. As in me. 
Me as in the, the podcast Twitter account. Oh, I thought you meant like the Lego guy. I'll cut some of this out. I don't know what yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.